Hiya, welcome back to the Better Days podcast. Another week and today we have a real treat for you all. A treat for me. I'm so happy that I've got Millie Gooch on the podcast today. I've literally wanted to have a chat with her for the longest time. Um, If you have been living under a rock for the last few years, then you might not know her, but she has been everywhere on your For You page on TikTok, all over Instagram. She is amazing. She is the CEO of Wholesome Fun. You know who I mean, don't you? Yes, I knew it. I knew you did. Um, She's the founder of the Sober Girl Society, and she is one of the voices that is leading the sober movement in the UK. She's an all-round legend, good vibes bringer, and I'm just so happy and I'm excited for you to hear our chat today. Please welcome to the podcast, Millie Gooch. Yeah, I mean, you're literally smashing it everywhere. Like, I literally constantly see you on my TikTok for you, bitch, which I just love. I love I love seeing all your videos. And I've been looking at your book, The Sober Girl Handbook, which is amazing, by the way. Thank you. I've seen, the, I seen the, the little bit on the back, what it says, not, not drinking, it's more money, it's an increased sense of awareness and a new host of hobbies. And... I myself I really want to try branching into trying different things. So how did you go about finding new things that you were interested in? Yeah, I think the first step is I kind of reconnected with things that I loved doing when I was like a kid. So uh-huh. like when I was younger, I loved dancing and like I loved swimming and all those types of things. And then like when I started drinking, that really kind of just took over. So I stopped doing all those things. So like the first thing I did was try and reconnect with things that I loved doing. Mm-hmm. And then I just sort of like looked around as well. I mean, like TikTok is a fantastic platform for like getting inspired to try new things. Um, but obviously when I stopped drinking, TikTok wasn't actually a thing. But I used to look on Instagram and just see what people were doing. And I would try new, like, crafts and new hobbies. Like, I think over the last five years, I think I've indulged in pretty much everything. But I don't think my brain likes to stick to one thing. So, yeah, I I just, yeah, the first step, I would say, was reconnect with old things. And then from there, try and, like, look at new things that you might fancy doing. I mean, there's so good, like, so many good Facebook groups and Instagram communities now that are running different events. So I think it's... It's quite easy now with social media to to find new people to hang out with and new things to try. Yeah, yeah. And what are some of the things that you've been more surprised about that you've been like, ah, I actually really like this? Oh, I'm trying to think. Well, I always kind of like loved water sports, but I didn't realise how much I loved them. When I was a kid, I liked swimming. I liked being in the water. But I always kind of thought like water sports would be a bit too extreme for me. Mm -hmm. But then I started like, going surfing and paddleboarding and and all those types of things and just like fell in love with it I think those are the things that like quite surprised me but also like artistic things I cannot draw for for shit basically (laughs) can't even even do stick men and I've done a few like painting workshops and stuff and I've actually been like do you know what when you're not putting the pressure on yourself to make it perfect when you just accept that you're shit at something it's almost like you can have more fun with it I think the Uh things that I, I think I'm good at I take really seriously but when I did painting I was like look I know I'm shit so I'm just going to enjoy it and I, I found that really therapeutic like getting absorbed in it but like not really trying to concentrate on the end goal just being like enjoying the process of painting doing it. I love that honestly so I did art in like school in sixth form and 
even now, like I don't really do it as much, but I want to try and do it more, paint and draw and things like that, just because it really puts me into like a zone of like being zen and just like forgetting about yeah. everything going on. I'm just literally focusing on doing that. But yeah, it's like, it really is a form of therapy, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because one of the reasons that I think I drank, so my brain is like so overactive. I'm thinking constantly. Me too. So drinking for me, yeah, <laughs> was like a, a shutdown. Drinking was the only time really where my brain kind of switched off. So for me, after stopping drinking, the, the most important thing for me is to, to find things that I can feel like fully immersed and fully like absorbed in. Yeah. Like some people love running. For me, I, I hate running. I'm still thinking, still thinking as I run, I'm like, oh, this could be a good idea and this and this and this. Whereas if something like painting, where I'm fully immersed in the activity, it's like the time that my brain switches off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, running. I think I tried to make myself like it for so many years. And it's only this year came to the realization that I don't actually like running. It was yeah. actually, well, you know, you know what caused it? It was COVID. When I caught COVID in back in like February or March, after COVID, I just can't run anymore because I generally just can't breathe. But yeah. after that, I was like, I don't actually like running. I don't miss it in the no. slightest. So no. and you have that guilt when you're doing it as well because people are like oh if you just keep doing it you'll love it and then you're like why am I not loving this like and then you feel guilty yeah. you're like I should be loving this so I'm just like look I don't run that that's it it's fine <laughs> yeah I was actually reading a book recently it's called um Big Magic I can't remember the author Elizabeth someone I don't know if you've read it oh uh, yeah um, Elizabeth Gilbert yes it's like a multicolored front cover Yes. I've been reading that recently and it says in it like why are you making yourself do stuff that you don't like but trying to make yourself like it in creativity wise and I was like that hits so hard because there's so many things I like I used to run for like a good I think six year I went on runs like at least three times a week and now I've come to the conclusion why am I making myself do these <laughs> things that I don't actually like doing like yeah I, and I'd feel guilty for not doing it but now I'm like but why am I doing it? Because I don't like doing it. Yeah, yeah. I think it's true. I think there's so many things like that, like the gym. I, there's so many amazing ways to exercise that I enjoy. The gym is not one of them, and I'm okay with that now. Uh -huh. like, I used to force myself to go, and I used to hate every minute. But really, I'm like, oh, actually, like I love dancing. Why don't I go and do an hour dance class? Because I will enjoy it. But that yeah. for me is the key of just everything I do. I just try and make sure that I'm having some sort of fun. I think that that is really the key. So there was a moment that I was going to talk to you about, about um, it was just after lockdown. So we just come out and I was like, I remember I went to, my, to a club for the first time and I remember just looking around and being like, well, what am I doing? I just didn't enjoy it. Like I felt really nervous and anxious and obviously looked at my bank statement the next day. Not great. It was just a moment where I was fully like, I don't know if I enjoyed going out to clubs anymore, it was raining money and I just don't think I liked it. And was there a, it, was it a similar situation for yourself where you just like, was there a moment where you were like, I don't actually like doing this or was it a gradual thing? Yeah, I think my problem was I did like doing it and I liked okay. it too much. Yeah. <laughs> I I was quite a heavy binge drinker, like quite a party girl. Yeah. And I loved going out and like, I mean, I say this now because I obviously didn't like it that much because I don't like it now. So really, I just liked the, the getting drunk part uh -huh. is because that for me, I knew that I was going out and then for a few hours, I wasn't going to really have to like think about anything. And my binge drinking just started getting me in sort of stupid situations and, you know, like waking up in places and being like, 
how did I get here? And yeah. the next morning, I used to get the worst beer fear, like hangover anxiety was mm. just crippling. What did I say? What should I do? And it, that part just started taking over for me. Like the any fun that I was having was outbalanced the next day by how shit I felt and the looking at my bank statements and all that stuff. And then I think when I did stop drinking, I did start going out and I was like, actually... I don't know if this is for me really like I, I kind of I think it was the drinking element of it I think when you take that away from people people actually realize that there's there's much better stuff to be doing than spending your like weekend in a dingy bar every time and then being really hungover. yeah for sure and um did you when you first started doing it, it when you started started becoming sober were your friends um very much like a bit like oh why are you not drinking like questioning it a lot yeah, it was funny because I always said they were a bit ambivalent at the beginning because I had said, as we all have a million times, I'm never drinking again. Yeah. And so when I said it, I think they were like, yeah, all right, whatever. And they like kind of allowed me, to, not allowed me, but like let me off doing a few nights not drinking without really saying anything about it. Because I think they were like, oh, it's a phase, like give yeah. it a week, she'll yeah. be back on it. <laughs> and then I think the months kind of went by and I remember I was going on holiday with my friend and she was like, oh, but you're going to drink on holiday, aren't you? And I was like, no. And I just saw the realisation like dawn on her face of like this was kind of a permanent thing. Um, but I think by that point it was too late. I think because they'd already seen that like I'd done some nights out that I was, you know, just as fun, just just as like the same really. So I, I think by that point it, it was almost too late. It, it tends to come from strangers really when I say that, oh, I don't drink that. That's when they're like, why? Oh, come on, don't be boring. Like, I think, yeah, my friends were actually really supportive, which I'm really thankful for. Yeah. One of my friends is actually sober and she gets it a lot. Like people just be like, oh, you you're so boring and it's just such a it really is such a shit thing to say because there's even times like for example you know if you've been on like a few nights out or you've been it's been busy and you go to like a work event and you're not drinking that is literally the first thing someone will say oh why are you being so boring like really like it's really not that boring like it it isn't it's just it's just one of those annoying things isn't it but we can get over it we can. I just, I think the thing I find hardest about it is the kind of irony in the fact that this like mental health conversation has got so much bigger and everyone's, you know, like speak out, do what you need to do for your mental health. But then when it comes to drinking, which a lot of people do stop because of the effect that it's having on their mental health, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, you're boring. And they don't want you to talk about it and open up about your feelings. It's yeah. like this alcohol is just the weirdest thing. Like they always say it's the only drug that you have to justify not taking. Like if I said I'm quitting heroin, you'd be like, that's amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Even smoking, you'd be like, that's really good. Well done you. Alcohol, we've just got this strange thing around it. If you don't drink, that, that's it. It's like British people, isn't it? It's just British people to a T. Like, oh, you don't drink equals you are boring. So I'm very yeah. glad you're paving the way, Millie, of, of being sober. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so what inspired and motivated you further to move into your whole TikTok movement? Yeah, so I started Sober Girl Society in 2018, which mm-hmm. was just really based on Instagram, started running events and meetups. Yeah. And I think we kind of got to a point with Instagram where we we reached most people that we kind of could. And I think the algorithm changed on Instagram and, and yeah. it's, it's becoming harder and harder to reach people. And then all of a sudden there was this like, 
talk of this new platform coming up that's for younger people and the thing I always want to talk to younger people about is alcohol because it was such a big part of my teenage and you know early 20s so I was like I think it'd be a great platform to like talk about it so I kind of eased in gently and I was like well it's really hard to talk to young people about alcohol because you don't want to lecture them no one listens when you're telling them about the bad things about alcohol so I wanted to look at it from a kind of positive place yeah so I started doing like things that you could do outside of bars and clubs to get people kind of moving away from alcohol but in a way that didn't seem preachy and, mm -hmm. and judgmental more just showcasing that there are options I'm not trying to make anyone stop drinking but like yeah. for me it was all I did for years and I didn't like live any life other than like just in bars and clubs every single weekend so I thought it would be such a good platform to talk to young people. So I started doing that and it, it just kind of boomed really. And I think like you said about the pandemic there, from what we saw in the stats, the pandemic had a huge change on people's relationship with alcohol. And I think there is so much of an interest since then mm -hmm. to do kind of other fun things. And I think this generation is actually really good because there is with social media, it does kind of show you that there is life out there outside of, bars and clubs and there's all these incredible things to do on your doorstep that you might not have known about before so yeah they do seem more interested in doing fun stuff which is great and yeah it's just gone from there really I thought I'd be too old for TikTok but apparently I'm an audience <laughs> so that's good <laughs> no yeah you're literally perfect you're smashing it but yeah I think that um it's really important that we do do these things without drinking because I think there's been so many times that me and my friends when we were younger we've done something but we've also drunk while doing something like we go to a theme park and we'd be like right where's the bar like just things like that where you yeah. just like you just don't need to drink for and I think now yeah. where I'm at in my life right now there's like plenty of opportunities where we just kind of like we can do stuff without being we can be mature about it and not be you know like always just going to a bar going to get drinks going out a night out da, 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 da. we do a lot of other stuff that doesn't involve drinking yeah that's amazing Oh, there was an event I went to it was this was during my time at university and um it was a free bar it was a very it was like a launch party kind of situation in London and there was like plenty of people in like radio and podcasting that I really wanted to talk to but I was so nervous I just walked in I literally seen them and I was like oh my god I feel very overwhelmed and I remember seeing one of your TikToks talking about this about having the um what's it called what's the word something courage um that liquid courage yes liquid courage <laughs> and I was like right okay let me get a few drinks down mate and then I'll talk and I was so drunk like I remember this must have been like six double vodka and some things later and I remember I finally had the courage to go up to someone and that is like a little bit sad in some ways because it just annoys me that I had to do that in order to go up to that person but it, it was clear that I was so nervous about approaching these people that I really look up to that I just felt like I needed that something in me to be like right okay I'm fine let's go let's do this have you ever like experienced anything like that like that before yeah I mean I think that is so normal I think like 99% of people would agree with you that that's what they would do in that situation yeah. and I think what I kind of realized when I stopped drinking is that Every time I relied on doing that, it kind of put something in my brain to say that that is what I needed. So mm -hmm. I told myself this story that I could never do it. It becomes, it just becomes this story that we tell ourselves. And as a society, we tell ourselves that we need this to kind of be confident. 
And the problem is as well, every time you rely on that, you then don't do that thing for yourself and you don't build that confidence innately. So you almost don't like trust yourself to be that confident. So when I stopped drinking, like it was terrifying, probably like the first 20 networking events like that, I never would have still had the courage, but then you do it once you go up to someone where you haven't had a drink, you start chatting to them. And afterwards you're like, Oh, that was, that was fine. I can do that. And you just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. And then rather than getting that like liquid courage from somewhere else, you just start building it within yourself. So I don't feel the need now to reach for, for something outside of myself to get that confidence because I have worked to it. It sounds very wishy-washy, but I think when you just kind of are always relying on that one thing, you will never learn to do it for yourself. So yeah. I think we're so reliant on alcohol for our courage that, that, you know, we don't, we don't build it ourselves. No, that, that is great advice. And I feel like I definitely need to do that more. I did it once last week and it worked very well um, because I'm not, I'm not sober. I do like a drink, but I don't, I don't like go out out as much or anything like that. Like yeah. it definitely COVID has definitely changed like the way I kind of like party and go out yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've got one of my favorite questions to ask you next. And it is, if you went to a dinner party, there's one seat for you and three seats for three other people, anyone in the world dead or alive, who would you pick to have dinner with like all together? And why would you pick them? Oh God, I would pick Brittany for okay. sure. There's, okay. there's just so many questions that I would love to answer. And like, as a kid, I absolutely loved Brittany. She was like my idol. Yeah. Um, can I have like family? Yeah, it's honestly, it's up to you. Yeah, I have my nan because she passed away before I stopped drinking. And okay. so I would like to, I'd like that. Yeah, quite a cute one. I would like yeah. her to see me like now. Um, and and then you obviously as the last one because I think that'd be hilarious. And you could ask Brittany all the questions. Yeah, okay. Like you're a good, really good idiot. I'd probably <laughs> just like fangirl Mel, and then you can be there, and then you can ask Brittany all the questions that we all want to know. You know what? That is such a a very off the cuff, like just like yeah, that's that's my answer. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> yeah. I'd be like um um, uh, but yeah, absolutely smash that. <laughs> nice. Um, I saw that you went to Florida recently on your tiktok yeah and i went like a month ago how was it because florida is literally one of my favorite places in the world how did you find yeah. it I'd never been before so I was going um for a conference so I actually I okay. got awarded um it was for the research society on alcoholism and yeah. so they originally sent me this email and I was like you've sent it to the wrong person <laughs> like because it's literally a conference you know like when you see it on like friends when Ross goes to Barbados for like the paleontology conference uh-huh. it was like that so I turned up and it was just like all academic so then I had one free day and I was like, well, obviously I'm going to go to um, to Universal because I want to go to Harry Potter World. Yeah. But like being on my own was crazy. So I remember even just coming into the airport, it's like everything is on speed. Like everything mm. is giant. Everything is flashy. There is like a train um, in the airport to get you around yeah. the airport, which is just like, I feel like in the UK, that's just not a thing. Like an actual train. I was just like, what is going on right now? Yeah. It is crazy. And then I went to Universal and I've only ever been to like Disneyland Paris. So uh-huh. I got there and I was like, oh my God. And I like made myself a little schedule. I was like running around because it was just so vast. And then like Harry Potter World was just a dream come yeah. true. And I did it all on my own. So I was like queuing up for rides on my own. But like, 
that's quite humiliating because whenever you go in at the single rider queue, there's like, are there any riders, single riders? And you're like, <laughs> so, so it's just like going on all these rides. Like, it was amazing. I loved it. Like I'd love to go back and do all the Disneyland parks. Like I just didn't have time because I was literally there for four days and then I had to get back for a Hindu in Marbella. So I flew from Florida to Marbella. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's really booked and busy. Yeah. And I had my award in my suitcase. And when I got oh, to Marbella, gosh. I was like, the girls had already been there for like five hours. Some of them were quite pissed. And they like, I get, I showed them my award because they wanted to see it. And they're all like drunk and like handling my like sobriety award. <laughs> I was like, can you like put it down? Yeah, careful. was it like made of glass? You were like, no, don't drop it. <laughs> yeah, it's like really heavy, like slate. So it was like, they were oh like God. chopping it around. I was like, guys, you need to calm down. <laughs> that is, that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, um, they were all like yeah. pissed and emotional. But um, yeah, that's that's not long, like a long time. It's been in Florida. You definitely need to go back because I de- genuinely feel yeah. like it is literally the best place. There was like 16 of us. Like there was like my aunties, my, like little cousins. So it was like a big, it was like a mission when not we went bad. out there. But, yeah, <laughs> we literally had like the best time ever. Um, I, I had the worst holiday blues uh, I think I've ever had in my life. Yeah. But but we move. Um, so how do you stay like every day? How do you stay positive in everyday life? Like if you've got the, like affirmations, mantras, or like certain things that you do? Um, do you know what? I, I don't always stay positive, but I always manage to pull myself out of it. I think one thing I have to do is get out of the house. I think especially working from home, I think I can become really insular and I live on my own as well. So I have to get out of the house. I have to like go to the coffee shop, see other people, see that there is like an entire world out there because I think sometimes you just get that bit of perspective where you're like oh other people are just going about their lives and they don't give a shit about me and yeah so like getting out of the house is like always one thing for me but like friends and family is is so important to me I ring my friends and family constantly mm. and like we're all really close so if I'm ever in like a bad spot they are the people that I will call and I will always feel positive but yeah get getting out I think is one of the things for me I, th- I think we so often think as well like oh, exercise has to be like this big thing. And, you know, you have to go to the gym or you have to run. But I would just do a classic hot girl walk. Like, but it's not hot at all because I'm wearing like tracksuit bottoms, like yesterday's (laughs) t-shirt, but dinner spilled down it. Just like getting out and just like walking. I put on my headphones, put on like a podcast or a good playlist. Music, I think, is a really big one for me, actually. If I put on like happy songs or songs that remind me of like good times, that's a really good time. And then writing, I think it's really key for me. I think because I have so much going on in my head Mm -hmm. just to get it out onto paper, whether that is like making a to-do list so I don't feel as overwhelmed with everything I've got to do or just writing a blog post, even if no one's going to read it, just about like how I'm feeling, just like getting words on the paper just feels like I've kind of like sorted out my head a little bit. So I think, yeah, yeah, I think they're probably the key things that I do. I love that. It's it's just uh, I like I really feel the working from home situation because I work from home a little bit, do little bits from home, and sometimes it can get so lonely, especially in you know I only moved back to London in February, so I don't know that many people here, so it's not as if I can just like call someone up and be like, hey, do you want to go for a coffee or whatever? Because most of the time, all my friends that live here have all got jobs and other work and busy schedules and things so it it is hard so I think it's really important that we do put in time for these things and as we were talking about earlier the book that I've just read Big Magic I've learned so much from that like I'm like why why haven't I read this book years ago little things about just making sure that you have time for yourself and your time for like your creative ambitions and for painting or for doing this and this and this like I've got a new thing at the minute that I'm just kind of taking myself out 
even before like work, I'll just set off like an hour before just to walk through London because I don't even feel like I appreciate living that I live here that much. Like I set off an hour early yesterday and I was just walking through Covent Garden looking at all the Christmas lights and everything. And I was fully just like, oh my God, I live here. Like I actually live in London. Why don't I, I, like I I didn't cost me anything to walk through and just to, to look around because I think people watching and just like walking through London and looking at things is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. Oh, I love people watching. My nan, when she was alive, that was her favourite activity. We just used to like go to the shopping centre, get a coffee and just let people watch. It's like, yeah, like the coffee shops that have all got like the glass fronts and they've got like um, <laughs> seats at the seats at the window. They're, they're the best kind of yeah. ones. They're just kind of like watching out on the street like, hmm, look at them. Oh, I yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. I like making up stories for them as well. Like, oh yeah, he's just divorced. <laughs> like just making up this whole like, <laughs> life for these people I don't even know I love that who are I'm just going to kind of round everything off now Millie um who are kind of your bigger were were your biggest inspirations growing up I'm guessing maybe one of them was Britney was it Britney oh Britney I loved Britney and I also loved the Spice Girls like I saw the Spice Girls like four times yeah and weirdly I was always like so I'm a natural blonde I, I I you would classically go oh she's a baby spice I used to love being Jerry Halliwell I used to okay. whenever you need Jack dress my mum used to spray my hair red and I just thought she was so powerful and so fierce and just the kind of shy retiring wallflower baby spice type didn't really fit me it was more like the Jerry like female empowerment didn't give a shit like I loved that so I think she was probably a big one for me and and then probably my mum like I'm really close to my mum and she's she, I've seen her go through a lot as well mm-hmm. and I think that has always been such a big thing for me is that I've always seen her come out of the other side of it and always seen her help other people and always seen her be like just really kind and caring and yeah I think like her and my dad have been together like 40 years and I, I love that that they, I've yeah. seen them again like arguing and they, they gave me a really good idea of like love and you know sticking through things that when they're shit and then then get yeah. better so yeah I think she's always been a big one for me that's really cute and is there someone that you kind of wanted to be like or what career path did you think you wanted to do when you were when you were a little one do you know what the problem is I actually never had an idea of what I wanted to do I literally okay. just didn't ever know I knew I wanted to do something creative and I loved writing like when I was mm-hmm. a little kid I used to just write like poem on poem on poem so I knew uh, I knew that I wanted to do something creative but I didn't know what and so then when I went to uni I did English I was like I'll just choose the broadest degree that there is <laughs> that will involve some sort of writing and even then I wasn't really sure I knew I wanted to like I knew I wanted to write so everyone kind of said to me magazines but then I found it really hard to get into journalism at first so I went and worked in PR for a bit because someone was like oh that's kind of the same I hated PR did not enjoy it whatsoever then finally moved to journalism and loved it just like loved writing and doing creative stuff but I love my job now because it's so varied and I think I would have really struggled just going and doing like one professional one career I love yeah. being able to do like so many different elements of different things and I think that is another kind of great thing about social media and being a creator as they would say you you kind of the world is yours so you can do video content you can do writing you can like there's so many things that you can do yeah I feel like gone are the days where we have to just stick to like the nine or five the standard way of living like I'm yeah. a da 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 like now we can be like oh I do this this and this and I've also got this and this but which is like the best yeah. thing ever um 
Do you find it hard though in social situations when someone says to you, what do you do for a job? And you're like, oh, I've got like 15 different jobs. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, well, I'm kind of like doing this. And then I'm like hustling on the side because I want to do this, this and this. But, you know, we'll get there one day. Well, you've already made it, but yeah, yeah I'll get there one day. But um, Millie, how do you think you've got like something, like one piece of advice that you give your like, like yourself 10 years ago that would have made like life in this past 10 years better? I think it is the classic, like not to worry about what people think. I Honestly, think, but know, it's over. Like, it's overrated. Yeah. Like it actually is overrated. Like yeah, everyone does say it, but it is the best piece of advice because I generally feel like it's the one thing that everyone needs to stop doing. Yeah, I mean, like when I first wanted to talk about sobriety, I didn't start talking about it until I was like a year sober, and I was like, no one's going to want to hear this. Everyone's going to think I'm preachy. Everyone's going to think I'm boring. And now I've made a career out of it. And if I didn't in that moment have a split decision of like, okay, fuck it, I'm going to go for it mm-hmm. and like, I, I not care. Then I wouldn't have everything that I do now. So I think just like, don't be held back by what you think other people think and someone will want to hear what you have to say, unless yeah. it's like horribly racist or homophobic in which yeah. case, don't say it. <laughs> well, you can, you can leave by the door if, if so. <laughs> <laughs> but if you think you have something genuine to say that might help people, there will be someone out there that needs to hear it. Because I, the, one of the reasons I thought it's over girl side was because I couldn't see much out there. So I really struggled to find advice and help for young people who wanted to stop drinking. So I was like, well, if I need it, then obviously someone else needs it. So I, yeah, I think sure. if, yeah, if it's something that you feel like is really needed out there, then, then start it, start talking about it, just go for it. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Emily. Honestly, it's been the biggest blessing. I, I really oh, have enjoyed our you. chat. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. What a wonderful chat that we had. I'm honestly so happy and grateful to Millie. Thank you for coming on again. It was really lovely to speak to you. Just having a proper lovely time. It was so nice to talk about that with such a different perspective. Thank you for joining us again this week. And again, I will see you in two weeks time. Thoughts become things. Choose the good ones. Better days are coming.